Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today I sit down with Caitlin Kaufman. Caitlin is originally from California and is currently a fifth-year senior on the Ohio State University's varsity softball team. Growing up, Caitlin dealt with softball being her entire identity, and she really focused her performance over different relationships within her life. During the episode, Caitlin touches on both of these points, and she also talks about her experience of finding a friend attempting suicide, and also her own mental health struggles that she she has gone through in the past few years. She's also super, super open about her own journey, therapy, medication, and we are so lucky to have her as a guest this week. Um, I can't wait to just get into this episode. So with that, let's dive right in. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on to the Mental Matchup. I'm so excited to have you on and chat about softball, collegiate softball, life, mental health, and everything in between. So to kick us off, can you kind of give like a quick little intro as to like who you are, where you are, and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I am currently a fifth year um, softball player at The Ohio State University. I am originally from Visalia, California, so quite a ways from home. Um, Grew up playing softball my entire life, and I ended up in Ohio. I love it. The Ohio State University. (laughs) I I always make fun. My friend played, my friend transferred and played soccer there for two years, and he would always be like, the The, Ohio State. And I'd be like, oh, so it is true. Like you guys do say the Ohio State, which we do. We do. I just like crack up. I love it. Um so you're at you're you're playing softball in college. Can you talk about like growing up? What was what were sports like? Was softball always your sport? Were there other sports? Like what was kind of your journey into sport? Yeah. So I um grew up playing softball. My dad I'd signed me up for t-ball when I was four or five. Um, I grew up also playing soccer. Um, That was the other sport that I really enjoyed. Played soccer until, oh gosh, my freshman year of high school. Softball, obviously, until now. Um, In high school, I started playing water polo, which I know is super different and super crazy, especially for people out here in Ohio. I say the word was water polo, and they're like, what the heck is that? (laughs) Um. But growing up playing softball, it was a little challenging just because I was being introduced to this game, also being introduced to the failures of the game as well. Um, and But I did have, obviously, my dad signing me up for it. He was always supporting me, always had my back with it, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, I've been playing softball for a very long time. Did you... I know, I know you just said you played water polo, but, but were you like more so specialized in softball? Like, was it always kind of like that was the travel team that was like where your energy was going or was there, were there other things that you were kind of focused on as well? Oh, for sure. Softball was always the number one priority. 
So I know like my dad made me quit soccer, unfortunately, when I committed to play Ohio State or at Ohio State. He didn't want me getting injured. And so I was like, well, fine, I'm going to play a different sport. <laughs> um, this one's going to be in the water. But um, yeah, softball was always the number one priority. My high school coach for water polo always understood if I had to leave practice early because I had my travel practice for softball. Um, but yeah, always stemmed around softball. What was the time commitment like for softball for like, well, did you say it's called travel or is it called club? Travel. Travel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Different sports have like different. <laughs> um, okay. So what was like the time commitment, I guess, for just like travel softball like um usually we would practice one or two times during the week um there was a time period where I was playing for a softball team down in Los Angeles so I was driving like four hours to get to practice um and so during the weeks I wouldn't go to practice just because that was a lot of driving um but for when I was older it was just one to two practices a week and then we'd play on the weekends if we didn't play we'd have practice on Saturday and Sunday but yeah it was like school right to softball practice on the days we had practice and then went home did homework and all of that and like have you always had like a good relationship with softball like have you always loved the sport or have there been times where you're like I don't really know if I'm doing this because I'm good at it or if I'm doing it because I love it or I'm doing it because other people have these expectations, like what, what was that like? Yeah. So there have been times where I didn't want to play softball anymore and it was basically me playing and I never told my dad this, but it was basically me playing for my dad because I knew how much he enjoyed watching me play. Um, And I knew that he just loved watching me be athletic enjoyed watching me do stuff um but it wasn't until I got to oh goodness probably my junior year when I really fell back in love with softball um that's when all the recruiting started happening um I was getting watched by multiple different colleges um so I was really trying to push myself with that my um and then back in college, or when I first started college, that's when the struggle kind of started happening again. I was like, mm, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about this. But right now, I have a very healthy relationship with softball. So. Um, I love it. I, I kind of want to dig a little deeper into, like you, you feeling this internal pressure to a certain extent, and I don't know how long it was for, but like knowing that something brought such joy to your dad that you felt like, you know, you, you needed to continue like doing it maybe partially because of that, cause I don't think that that's like uncommon. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's a very common feeling, especially. And like, I don't think parents realize either. Like, I think to them, like, Oh, I'm supporting them. Like they love what they're doing. Like I love watching them do what they love. Like how, how do you think like we can kind of give like any kind of parents advice of like, I don't know, like, like anything that they can say to their kid to like, let their kids know that like, it's your decision to play the sport. And like, I love watching you, but you know, I want you to be doing what you're doing. Like, is there anything like looking back um, 
And obviously, I I, I want to make sure I'm clear. Like, I'm not saying that that was like totally why you're playing softball, yeah. but like, you know, because I do think some some kids get get stuck in a sport for years or even at the collegiate level, all because they think they have to be doing it to set a certain set of expectations. So like, what can parents be doing to have like an open conversation where they're kind of dismantling that that belief in their child? Yeah, I don't know necessarily for the parents. I would say more so for athletes. Just understanding maybe this is something that parents can convey to their children. So I didn't learn it until I was in college (laughs) that um, like the sport that you're playing, no matter what it may be, like it doesn't define you as a whole. I know a lot of times young athletes are just like, oh, like I'm a softball player. I'm a basketball player. But in reality, like you really aren't. That's the sport that you are playing. Like you are not being defined as a whole um, by the sport that you are playing. And so maybe it's just making sure that everybody understands that the sport that you're playing is not what identifies you. It's not who you are. It's not what you're going to be. It's who you personally are, what kind of a teammate you are, what kind of a friend you are. And I think that's where athletes a lot of the time get that burnout feeling because you're completely identifying as that sport and you're identifying as just an athlete that's playing that sport rather than who you are. I think that is so true. I'm like totally aligned with, with that. And I think that's, that's something that needs to be better communicated, like at an earlier age, Mm -hmm. you saying that makes me think that you have dealt with it yourself a little bit with, I mean, you even said, right. Like it wasn't until college I learned this, like, can you touch a little bit on like your, your, your identity within softball or like how I guess like looking back on it like when you say like you know you taking a step back and saying like your sport is not who you are like what was that your reality where you truly felt like softball was who you are and that like dictated certain things in your life oh 100 percent. I mean especially in travel ball and especially during the recruiting process um softball is a very much failure sport like the highest batting averages are usually you're getting on base four out of ten times it's crazy yeah (laughs) it is it is and that's what I tell my younger girls too I'm like you literally batted 500 over the weekend why are you getting frustrated um no but when I was getting recruited like I was trying so hard to perform at my very best at all times every at bat and so if I wasn't playing to my highest ability, I would get super frustrated with myself. I would get super down on myself. I know for like my dad, he was very hard on me 100%. And I love him for that because that made me stronger as a human being, um, as an athlete, et cetera. But I got so down on myself when I wasn't performing that it dictated my entire mood outside of softball like the car ride home with my family was miserable because I was just so angry. Um, And yeah, not until I got into college and really started to find myself as a human um, did I understand that I, just because I played bad one game, two game, three games, like that doesn't, that's not going to change people's opinions on me. Was it, like how did you get there was it like a certain defining moment was it a process over time where you were maybe like I don't know like how how did you get to that point because I I think that that's a really 
it's usually I feel like people usually get to that point when there's like injury involved or when they graduate and sport is no longer there but for you like what what was that turning point that you came to that realization of yeah um my junior year I actually had shoulder surgery I tore my labrum um and my junior year was kind of ripped or half of my junior year was ripped away from me and so it was a challenge just sitting out and watching obviously games on the tv when they were traveling um watching from the dugout at home um and it kind of just I don't know it kind of just made me sit back and think like okay like obviously I'm not out there right now um I'm just watching the game I'm getting to know my teammates on a different level because I'm not standing next to them in the dugout I don't know I just felt like after that injury it just made me realize and I don't know if it was because of the injury I don't know if it was just because I'm getting older um but around that times when I really started to realize like okay like I'm not gonna have this forever I just had or a whole year ripped from COVID and then the next year halfway through the season because of my injury. And so it's like, okay, like that's giving me a little chunk of what life is going to be like without softball and me playing. And that's going to be coming here pretty soon. So, yeah, no, I think like I, I can relate. I had a similar experience with an injury where I had to like figure out when I didn't have a stick in my hand, like who was I, like I was no longer like, there was a lot of things when I, when I got to school that I was no longer, like, I was no longer one of the smartest ones. Like I was no longer, like, there were so many things that like I grappled with, but not necessarily like consciously. Like, I don't think I was ever like, mm-hmm. yeah, now I'm not this and now I'm not that. It was always kind of like maybe a thought, but especially like with injury, um, I think it's like, you truly have to just sit without what you've known your whole life and like figure out who you are outside of that. And that's really scary. And it usually happens for a lot of athletes, like once they graduate, but they go into their careers. And I feel like that's the shift is like, they go into their careers and they find like an outlet out outside of sport. And it takes them a while to like figure out what really brings them joy. Um, versus like when you're injured, like you don't have like that next like job to then like funnel that that sport injury into and like identify with your job and and it's really it's challenging especially like in college you're like 18 19 20 21 years old like you're on your own for your first time you're far away from your support systems a lot of the time and and figuring out who you are is I don't know I think it's I, I always look back on my injury and in the moment obviously like I was like f this like I like mm-hmm. why am I here again like this sucks like you know all that stuff but now looking back I'm like that was probably one of the best things because it did force me to like forge different types of relationships and focus on other things that like made me happy and I didn't necessarily like execute on that 100% of the time and I had my moments of like you know like just like self-doubt and like not wanting to do those things but I feel like I, I definitely relate to all of that um let's talk about recruiting. I'm so interested in recruiting for softball and how your process went and just like overall timelines, because every sport is so different, like Mm -hmm. male to female, like sports to sport timelines are so different committing like rules, regulations, like all that. So give me, give me the rundown on your recruiting process so my recruiting process is a lot different than what the rules are now the rules now are like you can't talk to like colleges can't talk to athletes until oh gosh is it september september 1st of their junior year 
Okay, lacrosse is like that now too, but it yes. wasn't back in the day. Correct. I <laughs> I committed to play at Ohio State when I was a freshman in high school. So you were like 14. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so like we had people committing to schools when they were in sixth grade. Like I remember seeing um this girl committing to play at Florida when she was in sixth grade. Is, and I'm like, what? Is softball like is softball a how do I like is it a small pool to like pull from? So like do you like are there a lot of options or is it kind of like there are a few good girls you need to like take them while you can't like what I don't know can you add that dimension into because that's like yeah. another interesting so part. I don't that's a really hard question because a lot of the times girls develop like later mm-hmm. and like later in their recruiting process and so like there's girls that could be recruited right now when they're in seventh grade and there's girls that need a little bit more time to develop that are getting recruited like their senior year of high school and so there are there is like a big pool of girls that potentially could go and play division one um but I don't know it's all just about like the development because again like I've had teammates on my travel teams that didn't get recruited didn't sign to play in or out of division one until their um senior year of high school and so I would say there's like there are a lot of teams, especially where I'm from, like in California, there's a lot of travel ball teams in California. The competition is really high down South. Um, but yeah, I would say it all just depends on the development of the individual. I know that's like maybe not answering your question, but. No, I think that, I think that that makes sense. I think like now, I mean, lacrosse similarly had a rule change, which I think is the best thing possible just because Agreed. I think it's, I, agree. I mean, literally I don't even know what I want to do with my life and I'm 26 years old like having like <laughs> these like eighth graders freshmen in high school mm-hmm. like decide where they're going to spend for for such valuable years of their life at Correct. age like 14 when they haven't even had like a few months and like yes. yeah yeah I agree so, and I and I was one of those 14 year olds yeah like what I mean I guess looking back like you're like what I don't know like are you happy with that decision like I mean I guess it worked out for you I think but yes I am very happy with my decision um when I was being recruited I came out for camps um over the summer it was like overnight camps and I absolutely fell in love with the campus I fell in love with the area me personally I wanted to go to a school out of state and kind of get away from California um and obviously Ohio being two thousand almost 2,000 miles away (laughs) that was pretty far um, but no, I just fell in love with the atmosphere, um, the people, and I'm very grateful that I chose to come here after all being said. That's awesome. Um, well, I guess let's, let's dig a little bit into your collegiate, collegiate career and college experience. Like, what was it like, I guess, like graduate, like culturally too I feel like probably growing up in California like going to school in the Midwest is like a lot like there's there's a (laughs) lot happening here what what was like that first your freshman year transition like yeah I mean um moving away from my family that far especially like I didn't have mom and dad to like drive up and like help me with my laundry or you know whatever like I was really on my own for months at a time I, you know, my parent, my mom 
came to visit me and that was my grandma too. Um, so that was really nice, but yeah, just being on my own months on end, it was, it was terrifying. Like I felt like I was just this little fish in a huge pond, um, with people that I didn't know, obviously having that built-in family with the team was really nice because they were your sisters, you know, you could ask them for anything. They would help you with anything. Um, so that was good, but yeah, it was terrifying just moving away from home, being in an uncomfortable situation, having to live in a dorm with hundreds of people that I didn't know. Um, but yeah, it, it was a different experience. That's for sure. Um, what was, what was the jump like from like high, high school softball to collegiate softball? Like how did that go? Oh my gosh. It, it's a huge jump. And part of me coming in, I was like, Oh, like, it's not going to be that bad. You know, it's not going to be that big of a jump. It's a big jump. (laughs) Um, but again, I've loved every second of it. Um, but the intensity of the sport is unmatched. Like the speed of the game is higher in college, even with practices too. Um, and I had really, really good travel ball coaches. They, were amazing. They prepared me very well. Um, excuse me, very well coming to Ohio State. But yeah, I would just say the intensity, the speed of the game is much higher. going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Caitlin in a second. I'd like to take a moment to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Through amplifying stories, resources, and expertise to confront student-athlete mental health, we are building a community by and for athletes and providing a platform for advocacy. Morgan's message strives to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the student-athlete community and equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. To help us take a shot at mental health, to support our mission, or to find out more, head to morgansmessage.org or follow along on Instagram at morgansmessage. Let's get back to Caitlin. The speed, I think, is something that, like, in your head, it's like, yeah, it's faster, but, like, whatever, like, I can handle it. No, it's, like, you're also (laughs) playing with, like, women. Like, you are, like, a girl coming into college, and then you're, like, oh, my gosh, everyone is, like, just, like, more advanced, like, you know, and that was something that I, like, didn't realize was a thing, really. Like, I never really thought Mm -hmm. about it, Um, but I'm, like, even, like, freshman to senior in high school you look so different and then even like a freshman in college compared to like a senior in college it's oh yeah completely different like some of even like the the men on the men's lacrosse team I remember like freshman year being like oh these are like men like these aren't (laughs) like like I remember just being like they're like huge like oh yeah like huge they're developed like it's crazy the difference of like four years, three or four years. Um, what was, did you like, what was like playing like practice? Like, like, were you playing in 
I don't know if you guys had like fall ball games, like were you playing in spring games? Like how, because I know you had said that like, you know, your, your mood was, was focused, like impacted heavily by like your performance. Like I'm assuming maybe like also by like playing time. Was there anything, anything there with like your mental health that you can talk on? Yeah. So, um, freshman year in the fall, I didn't really play a whole lot. And so I was already starting to like freak, not yes, freak out. I was definitely freaking out because I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never been the person to like sit. I've never been the person to sit on the bench. I'm like, um, (laughs) excuse me, like what's going on? Um, but I just really worked hard over winter break and I ended up starting in the spring, my freshman year. Um, and so me playing my freshman year, a lot of the times freshmen don't play and that's how, you know, that's just how it is. And so being in that spot, I was really, really pushing myself to keep that spot. And when I wasn't doing well, I got super, super frustrated with my, with myself. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry, but I'd be on the verge of tears. Like if I was going, you know, if I was in a big slump, like I would get really frustrated. I had one of my coaches at the time, she's no longer with Ohio state, unfortunately. Um, But I had one of my coaches at the time, she pulled me aside one day at regionals in Tennessee. And I remember this, and this is also kind of one of the moments where when I look back, it was like a clicking moment, like, okay, like softballs, or I'm more than just softball as a sport. She pulled me aside and she was like, look, like you have a long time left at this university. Like you need to snap it into gear because I was getting so down on myself when I wasn't producing. And so I just think like being a freshman starting at this level, it's stressful. It really, really is because I'm trying to prove to my coaches that they're making the right decision playing me as a freshman while competing against the older girls. I mean, yeah, that's like a, I don't know. It, yeah, you're, I feel like you, you probably put a lot of pressure on yourself when like, yeah. <laughs> there, there's really like no, I feel like freshmen really don't have that much expectation from like a performance. Like obviously there, I feel like are like some like stars coming out of high school, but even then I think coaches to a certain extent have seen, seen it all. And I have this expectation that like mm-hmm. freshman year, it's like, it's a learning curve. Like we'll see who like can show up who who can hang but for the most part like it's a year to like learn and figure things out um so that's so interesting I feel like it's truly like you know the expectations that we place on ourselves which like is a narrative in, in our own mind um and being internal I I know you've kind of been through like your own share of mental health um struggles can you kind of talk a little bit about like what your experience has been with mental health yeah um so growing up mental health was never a topic of conversation I've literally never heard the terms mental health until I was in college um growing up it was always like just you know suck it up work hard rub some dirt on it you know just all of those sayings Um, and when I got into college, I was introduced to mental health with myself and, you know, other people. Um, I had a, or still do, I have a best friend who deals with mental health pretty bad. Um, she, 
had attempted suicide a few times. One of the times I was there and it was terrifying. Um, but it also had a huge impact on my mental health. And I was becoming so consumed with taking care of another individual and making sure that this individual was okay and staying alive all while trying to balance school and softball and my own mental issues, <laughs> not mental issues, but all of my, you know, problems that I was going through. And so it was becoming a lot for me. Like this was my, um, it started my sophomore year. Um, and it was a lot and I started self-sabotaging and I still self-sabotage quite a bit. Um, something that I continue to work on in daily life and softball. Um, but yeah, just experiencing these things in college have just kind of opened my eyes up to mental health as a whole, not just in, you know, sports, but in real life as well. Thank if you. Yeah. You <laughs> no, yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. I feel like it's really hard to like, you know, deal with your own mental health and then also like mm -hmm. witness something that is, it's very scary. Like wanting, like wanting to end your life is like a very scary thought to have internally. And then also like, I, for me, sometimes it's like harder because I think we, I think like myself as a human, and I think a lot of humans I know it's like, it's hard to like love yourself as much as you love other people. And that's like a learned, like, I know I'm learning every day, like, you know, how to best support myself and like making sure my cup's not empty. And I think like to like, when you see someone you love struggling, it's almost harder at times to like stomach than when you, you, you yourself is struggling. Cause you're like, you're, you know, you just want to support them and you want to give them all the love in the world and kind of be like shake them and be like you're so loved like you're so valued when like you don't really I don't know do that to yourself and I feel like watching a friend go through that um and witnessing that like that's so 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 hard um so thank you for thank you for sharing that what was like within your own mental health like what are some things that have kind of helped helped me like like manage manage your your mental health yeah, so I've pretty much tried every coping mechanism there is. <laughs> um, some unhealthy, very, very unhealthy, some healthy. Um, I went through a period of time where I was trying to cope with my mental health in very negative ways and obviously didn't help at all, at, at all. And I started going to a psychologist um, who unfortunately is not at Ohio State anymore. Really sad about that. But I started going to a psychologist and I was put on antidepressants, um, tried a couple different types of antidepressants and started doing that. I started doing just different. One of the things that stood out to me was like a breathing exercise that I still do, even though I'm not seeing the same psychologist, um, just mostly taking time to myself and making sure that I am okay before I can worry about another person's individual or individual needs. Um, Cause that was a big issue with me is like, 
that was ruining my mental health because I was trying so hard to take care of somebody else before I was even taking care of my, like my own self. And so now I just make sure that like each week or even during the day, just making sure that I have time to myself where I can sit there and I can listen to music. I can listen to a podcast, um, just kind of centering myself. How did you like, how did you raise your hand? Like, how did you get in touch with this? How did you know it was time to like seek external help or did you, was it someone else? Like what, what was that part of your journey? Like, Oh goodness. Um, Oh my gosh. I haven't even thought about that. Um, I knew that I needed to see a psychologist and be put on antidepressants when the panic attacks throughout the day were getting out of hand because with my anxiety that I was going through and still kind of go through, um, it's manageable. It's usually manageable. I can go through the day, not worry about it. But I remember a day where I was literally sitting at my internship at the time and I was sitting there not doing anything stressful. I was literally just sitting there and I had a panic attack and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, okay. And I remember texting my mom about it. And I was like, okay, like I need to go to a doctor because this is not okay. And I don't know what to do about it. I don't know, you know, whatever. Went to the doctor about it. And I had been seeing a psychologist before that just for softball reasons and all of that but yeah not until the day where I was at my internship and I was just like okay like this is getting out of hand like I need to talk to somebody else that's a little bit higher that can you know give me other um oh my goodness what's the word give me other outlets rather than just like talking to a psychologist yeah I mean honestly like I I'm impressed that you finally raised your hand because I think like so many people, you know, continue to, to live with it, even when they know that like something is, something is off. Um, what's like, do you have any piece of advice of like how anyone listening can like kind of check in and have that check of like, okay, this is normal or like this isn't normal based on your own experiences like are there any times that you can pinpoint before at the internship where you like questioned if it was normal or not and you might not have but I'm curious if there are any like things that like now looking back you're like that was a glaring flag that I totally brushed under the rug I think you know just being human everybody's dealing with stress and everybody has like stressful situations in their lives um and so having that stress on you is completely normal. But I think for me, when I had to sit there and check was when it, like I said, it became just like out of hand and I didn't know how to, what's the word, how to deal with it or cope with it while I was in that moment. Because if I'm usually just stressed out, it's like, okay, just take a few deep breaths. Like, don't worry about it, you know, turn on some music. But it was, almost scary in that moment because I was sitting there and I couldn't breathe I couldn't move like I just completely froze and I think a lot of the times people wait too long and they get to that point where they're freaking out and they don't know what to do so I think I don't know I'm a very I'm very much a person like a psychologist therapist advocate and so I'm like (laughs) 
everybody should see a therapist (laughs) but um I would just say like once you know once you see like those stress levels kind of elevating more than usual um that's when I personally would seek help because I know I waited way too long I was sitting in my internship having a panic attack (laughs) for no reason yeah but yeah yeah I'm a big advocate for I love therapy I also just think in general like we all need an outlet. Like we all mm-hmm. just need someone to like listen to and a sounding board. Um, so even if it's not a therapist, like a safe space to go to, to feel heard and feel seen, I think is so, 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 so critical. Um, we, oh my goodness. I feel like we've touched on so many things. <laughs> um, how is like, how has has your experience with your own mental health kind of shaped any conversations that like you're having, whether it's with coaches or your teammates or your family or just like friends? Like, is that having an impact at all about like how you show up in the world and like the conversations that you're having? Yeah, um, I now, now that I've been through all of that and kind of embrace the fact that I do have, you know, like these, this, these mental health issues, conflicts, problems, whatever word you want to use. Like I am very, very, very open to talking about mental health. Whereas before I wasn't, you could ask my boyfriend, I literally sit here and talk about mental health all day and he, he, he doesn't really understand it. And so I'm like, that's a perfect opportunity for me to sit <laughs> like, here. Let me just- teach you. Let me, <laughs> let me help you learn some things. Yeah. Um, yeah no again great sounding board wonderful sounding board um but yeah like I make sure that when I have like my camps clinics I work team practices I give lessons I make sure that every single opportunity or every single yeah every single opportunity that I get I am talking to these girls about mental health and how I said earlier that like this sport doesn't define you like the ground ball that you missed it doesn't define you as a person Um, I had a softball clinic this summer, actually, where a big chunk of that time was used to talk about my faith and mental health. And so just trying to encourage like these younger softball girls and relay that message of, you know, you're playing a game of failure and you're going to be playing that game for her or playing that game for a while now. So you need to understand and accept the fact that like this sport doesn't define you. Like you're much more than your failures, et cetera. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I love that. Um, I, I have a few like closing questions that I, I want to ask. And the first is if you could go back to like, Caitlin and her darkest moment or like, you know, when you might've thought that there was like, like life was going to suck or be under this cloud for, for forever. Like, what would you say to yourself if you could like go back in time to that moment? I would just tell myself, and I know it's like easier said than done because I've done this before. And I've said this before to individuals, like no matter what you're going through right now, it's going to get better. It might get a little worse than what you're going through right now, but it 100% is going to get better and it's 100% worth it. And what I mean by it's going to get worse, like 
obviously, you know, the battle of mental health, like it's not just like a straight upward slope. Like you're going to have those days where you're super, super high. And the next day you can be at the lowest point that you're, you've been at. And so just making sure that you're fighting like these hills in order to get to the highest of hills, I guess. Yeah. I could not agree more with that. Um, second question, and it's it's a little bit similar, but if you could give any piece of advice, um, like around you know mental health to to someone who might be struggling, um, what would that kind of piece of advice be? Um, I would say, and inform them of the many resources that are available for mental health. I know obviously still it's getting better, but there's still that stigma of mental health being a negative thing and just reinforcing to them that taking care of your mental health is not a negative thing at all. Making sure that they know that they always have somebody to come to, somebody to talk to, um, somebody to bounce ideas off with, somebody to provide them resources, um, but just making sure at the end that like taking care of your mental health is not a negative thing. Echo everything you just said. Um, It's a positive thing. (laughs) And last question is what are you most grateful for? Oh gosh. Um, Me personally, I'm grateful for all of the opportunities that God has given me in order to speak about mental health and in order to inspire young girls. Um, and I'm also very, very grateful to have a happy, oh my goodness, to have a happy and healthy life right now. I love that. Um, I love that. Thank you, Caitlin, so much for coming on the mental matchup. I feel like our time flew by. I'm like how (laughs) the time literally flew. Um, and for just sharing about so many different aspects of just like your journey and mental health and, and everything else in between. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. I loved it. Another huge thank you to Caitlin for coming on the Mental Matchup and sharing her story, opening up. Um, I'm so grateful that she was able to come on and chat and just take each question with stride and give so many details and and dive into her own experiences. Um, if you wanted to get in touch with Caitlin, you can follow her at Caitlin period Kaufman on Instagram. If you want to get in touch with us at the Mental Matchup. You can find us at The Mental Matchup on Instagram or thementalmatchup.com. You can also go to thementalmatchup.com or send an email to submission at morgansmessage.org to come on the podcast, submit your written story, just get in touch with us, um, any feedback, anything like that, you can go there. And of course, we would not be here without Morgan's Message. If you want to get in touch with Morgan's Message, get involved, learn more, you can head to Morgan's Message on Instagram or you can head to morgansmessage.org. Another huge thank you to all of you tuning in and listening to, you know, some of these incredible humans, student athletes, athletes, students, professionals, whoever they are, their stories. Um, I'm so grateful to have such a wonderful 
community. Um, so with that, we will see you next episode.